I'm using a walking stick tonight because I believe someone at Costco needed my cane more than I did and took it out of my cart. Open your Bibles to John chapter 4. I didn't turn it on early because I want to run the battery down. Okay. John chapter 4. Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the, yeah, yeah. and the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. I'm, I'm not in John. You know, that's why I didn't come out right. I marked the... John's where I'm supposed to be. That's Matthew. And I'm going, yes. Okay. I did mark John 4, but I'm also going to Matthew when I opened the wrong passage. Excuse him, why, s'il vous plaît. Verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria. Does that sound better? To draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I may thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. I, it's not my message, but you know when people, you know you can't lie to God. She's telling the truth, and he, she gave it... In some ways, you know what people do? They tell lies by giving only part of the truth. That's a lie of omission, right? You can't omit things with God. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. He knows everything about us. The woman said unto him, this verse 19, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, 
when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that the Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. I want you to think about tonight about real worship. Real worship. I've had a couple of instances dealing with people, you know, and it's like... Um, you know, if you notice in the modern churches today, they, they have worship in the Word, which means you have your contemporary band up in front of you, okay, and they're singing and they're performing, because you, know you, know you know how I know they're performing? Because they're swallowing the mic, okay. And there's a performance, Christianity, and it's look at me. Have you noticed too, you ever try to follow along and sing. They sing to the congregation and the king congregation. If they know the contemporary song, they all it's very, very quiet because they don't really can't sing anymore. And this is a modern song, and the guy singing has such a good voice, and they call it worship. I want you to realize tonight we're going to look at what the Bible says real worship is. Amen? First thing I want you to do is turn to Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5. The very first time you find worship, the word worship in your Bible, is in Genesis chapter 22. And the word came from Abraham, and it's verse 5. The context is Abraham's taking who? Isaac. He's going off into the the wilderness with a pile of wood. And what is he going to do? He's going to sacrifice his son. So you see in verse 5, and it says, And Abraham said to, to the young man, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. I find it interesting. He's going to kill his son. But he had faith to believe that what? The son's going to return with him. There's going to be a resurrection. So you find in the, the first mention in the Old Testament of worship, it starts here. Worship is tied with a blood sacrifice, a resurrection. See, because Isaac is one of the first types of Christ in the Bible. God provides a lamb, okay, and you have the resurrection of a dead son. He was planning on that. Abraham finally had learned from Genesis 12 to Genesis 15. Now in Genesis 22, he realized that to truly worship, it must be a worship of faith. See, and that's so many people don't realize that. They don't know what worship is. They don't have faith in what God says. And Abraham was following in obedience what God said. So you see different things there? The first mention you find it in New Testament, we're going to go there. I want you to go to Matthew 2.2. 2. Then we'll go back to the second mention. We're going to see different things about... If you want to know when the Bible talks about something or you want to know what something truly is, okay, you need to understand. True worship, can you get excited in true worship? Yes. But is, is it an act of emotion or an act of obedience? Matthew 2.2, 2, and you see here, and it says... 
Now we'll do verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the day of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the, the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and they have come to what? See? That's the first mention in the New Testament of worship, and it's tied to the birth of Christ. I want you to know this. We live in the Old Testament, New Testament. Okay? I've had someone tell me there's no such thing as dispensations in the Bible. There's seven of them, but if you don't understand one thing, it's different in the Old Testament than it is in the New Testament, isn't it? In the New Testament, you know what? There can be no real worship unless it all comes through Jesus Christ. He changes everything. Now let's go back to Exodus 24. This is the second mention of worship in your Bible. The Old Testament. Exodus 24. We get done, I want you to tell me what real worship is. So many times, you know, people think when they, they come to church, well, i got to go to church. Because people are going to realize I'm not there, and what are they going to think of me? Are you worshiping when you come? Exodus 24. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. Who's speaking? God is, right? See, so they're coming to worship. Now jump to verse 12, same chapter. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee the tables of stone, and the law, and the commandments, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And what I find here, he's telling Moses, he's telling those to come, come to worship me. And you know what the worship's tied to? The giving of God's word. Okay? So can there be true worship without the giving of God's word? Some people say, I don't know how to pray. Claim promises in God's Word. Use His Word when you pray. It's tied to obedience to the Word of God. Exodus 24 through Exodus 32, you go from this chapter, and by 32, they've, already, they've made it a pagan golden calf to worship. Is that worship? It says they rose up to eat and to drink and to play. And to play. You know, Exodus 34 and verse 14. It was said to them, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. I wonder how upset we make our Savior and our Heavenly Father with what is called worship in churches today. Is it about Him? Like I said, New Testament, it can't be worship if it's not about Him. Go to Matthew chapter 4. 
And that's why I turned to the wrong passage. I went to that marker. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him. Now, this is the temptation of our Savior, isn't it? And he's tempted, and again, you've got to find out. You can see here, the same as it was for Adam and Eve, all temptation comes under three primary categories. It can be individual for you, but it's the same for everybody. And what I mean is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's what you want to put in your face, lust of the flesh. You got it there. It's what you see that you want, and then what you want people to think of you. All sin comes out of those three things. It can be individual, because you know, somebody will say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. You don't know how I was tempted. No, I don't. But I know the temptation is going to fall into one of those three areas. And if the devil's going to catch us and cause us to fall, you know what it's going to be? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Watch what happens. Also, you know what the devil does? He tempts you with a good thing at the wrong time. Amen? Exodus chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil taketh them up into exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now, is Jesus going to have them? Are they going to be his? Yes. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only, doesn't say worship, shalt thou serve. Serve. Jesus sets it straight. It's only going to be him. Now, was the devil out of line to say, Bow down and worship me, and I give you these things? The Bible tells us he's the God of this world, the prince and power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. When it makes no sense and it doesn't seem like anything's good coming out of human government, that's because you watch what's control of the human government. It was brought up in prayer tonight. When they're trying to pass a law, when they're breaking the law, and I'm sorry I'm going off on this, you are not to protest and walk around and threaten verbally in the, present, in the private residences of any judge, not just the Supreme Court justices, because you're not allowed to try to dissuade or persuade their decision. Their decision is supposed to be based upon the Constitution and other laws of the land. Are they arresting them? No, because it's the group that's protesting and what they want. When it doesn't make any sense, understand God's not the author of confusion. When it talks about killing babies, listen, I've ministered to women who've had abortions and helped them to see God's forgiveness. But they're given a false narrative. When the president of our nation tries to say that the vast majority of churches are in support of a woman's right to choose, I'd like to know what church he's talking about. He claims to be a devout Catholic. I got saved out of that, but one thing that sanctified 
testified to them is the life of that baby. The word worship means to bow down in homage to, to, re- to reverence, to revere, to humbly beseech. Do you know when you're praying and you're asking of God, it should be a form of worship? To prostrate one, prostrate one in homage to. In other words, get down on your knees or on your face. Not the other thing. Okay. You know what it's kind of like? Worship? When you can't look up at him. It's like when a dog comes in. A dog knows. You have to establish with any dog, you establish what? Dominance. And when the dog understands dominance, it doesn't come to you in an aggressive manner. It may come unto you slinking. It'll drop its head. It'll try to look at you, but it's down. And when you reach down to the dog and the dog licks your hand, that dog is still in a better position with you than you should be with God. How do people think that they deserve to be able to accuse the infinite? Understand. Dr. Ruckman said this. He said, worship is the occupation of the heart. Other words, not your, what your heart is occupied with. Occupation of the heart with God Himself. That's true worship. When it's about Him, that's true worship. Worship is not self-directed. It's not always just coming, you know, you know what many people with their prayer life, prayer is a worship. You know what many people's prayer life is? A wish list. Or a fear list. Okay? It's not coming to God with needs, but just coming to God. Turn to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. You ready? This is Jesus speaking. Verse 28, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. You're coming to God. It's not about you. Is it wrong to ask things of God? No. He tells you to. But you need to do it understanding who he is. Some people will tell me, I tell tell people all the time, God answers my prayers. I'm very confident about that. I am. He tells me no a lot. He answers my prayers. I believe what he says. I claim promises before him. I don't spend a lot of time praying about myself. I leave that up to you guys. You're praying for me all the time. I don't spend a lot of time praying about myself. I'm praying for other people. 
I'm praying for God to work. I'm praying for people to get saved. I'm praying for God to heal. And I've seen God heal. See, it's okay to come to Him. It's going to be based off loving Him. You want your prayers answered? How much you love Him? Ever think about that? Perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You understand what I'm saying to you? You can cut. We're told to do what? I say it a lot when I'm praying in the morning services. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore, because of who he is, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. Right? And grace to help in time of need. Tells us to come boldly. So it's not wrong in asking, but you understand it's understanding that relationship. I always say, <laughs> I, probably it's a bad habit. You know what you're not supposed to do? You're not supposed to feed dogs at the table. You know, I have a message when I prayed about a brother-in-law who was supposed to be dead. He never got saved. As far as I know, he died and went to hell. But he didn't die when it happened. When he had an accident, and it had 28 straight hours to try to put his skull back together. And I drove to Hershey Park, Pennsylvania to pray over him because the car, thrown from the window of his car, and the car rolled over and crushed his head. He lived about 15 more years and never got saved. You know what the title of my message was when I came back home? Even the dogs get some crumbs. You know what worship truly is? If it is first physical, it's not worship. Worship is inherently spiritual. Our opening text. John 4, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Okay, I, all the time, in spirit and in truth. It has to be that way. When you want sin forgiven, you know what you have to do about it? You have to be honest before God about it. The woman at the well was being honest before Him, and then He pointed out, saying, I even know all of it. I point people all the time. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. God will show the mercy when you're willing to face the truth. Without the truth, mercy is an enablement to continue in the behavior that's hurt you to start. Truth without mercy does not allow the soul to have hope. It's a condemnation. It has to be together. It says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and only by pride cometh contention. Pride's not part of worship. It's inherently spiritual. It said they must worship him in spirit and truth. Go to Revelation chapter four. 
Revelation chapter 4. This is the Apostle John in verse 2. He says this, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was rainbow round about the throne. Isn't see how the world's perverted what the rainbow means? In sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal in the midst of the throne. And round about the throne there were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. You know what they're doing? Worshiping. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Fall down before him and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. So the crown that they had was a signification of their position and authority, something they'd earned. They had a right to a crown. Christian, do you know why you need to earn crowns? Everyone can earn four. Pastors can earn a fifth one. We can earn it and then lose it depending on what we're doing. You know the only crown you can't lose? When a soul gets saved. Because their salvation is based on Him, not on you. It's another form of worship. And the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Pastor Kenny was ministering to a person this afternoon, this evening. And of course, his door's open, my door's open. We made sure he was ministering to a woman. So, yeah, again, Melanie's in the building. She's here with a little one and stuff like that. But my door's open. Okay? Talking to a person about what our purpose is. You never have to worry that you don't have any purpose in life if you understand what your purpose is. It's to glorify Him. To bring Him worship because He is worthy. Amen? Look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. And I, beheld, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Isn't it interesting? There's always should be a book involved with worship. 
And when he had taken the book, the four, and 20, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. You know, God collects them. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. If they're human, they're equal with you. For all have sinned. There's only three types of people in the world. The God's chosen people, the Jews. You don't like them? Get over it. The Gentile, all other people on the face of the earth who aren't saved, and then the church of God. The saints. The saints. We're supposed to sing a different song than the world. And thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Kings have crowns. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Man, can you listen to that choir? Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen, and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. Isn't that interesting? Hmm? He's worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Are you seeing what true worship is? You know what it's going to be like in heaven? It's not going to be a bunch of little babies, bare naked, with wings on their back, strumming harps. Do you know unsaved people can't truly worship God? They can't. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I promise, we're coming to a close. We may not read all the verses tonight. I'll give them to you, but we won't read them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth what? But the Spirit of God. See, without the Spirit of God, you can't know the things of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual. You want to have understanding? Scripture with Scripture. Because John 17 tells us that his words are spirit. But the natural man, not saved, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually, what? Discerned. Romans chapter 8. Natural man is an unsaved man. Romans 8, 
verse 8, so then they which are in the flesh can what? Not please God. Now look at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God, what? Dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's not part of the body of Christ. You must have God's Spirit, because all worship is directed to Him. When you look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that's to direct it towards the Father. Go ahead. You don't believe me? Read John 14, 15, and 16. Learn the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's to help us to know. He'll reveal things and he'll bring judgment, but it's to help us to know what true worship is. You've got to have his spirit. You don't worship nature. Now, I'm not going to go to these verses to save time. But in Job 31, 26 through 28, Pastor Kenny's done very good expounding on them. You don't worship nature. In Acts chapter 10, verses 25 and 26, you don't worship men. Do you know that a king of the Jews that accepted worship? God struck him dead. He was eaten up of worms and died because the people looked at him and said, he's a God. And God says, oh, he is? He's wormwood. You don't know why I'm making that reference. Read your Bible, you'll understand. In Revelation 19, you know what we don't do? And I'll finish with these verses and we'll be done for tonight. Revelation 19 and Revelation 22. Revelation 19 and verse 10. And I fell at his feet. This is John the Apostle, who's seen this vision, and he fell at the feet of the angels revealing to him. And he says, I fell at his feet to worship, and he said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He's not accepting. He was an angel, but he hadn't always been an angel. Don't you know in heaven, you know, you know, if you go home to be with the Lord, you're going to be as the angels of God? Now go to Revelation 22. And we're going done. You, you believe that? We're going to be done. At least for tonight. Verse 8. Revelation 22. The last chapter of the Bible. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. You know what God is seeking? For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And all God's people said, good night and God bless.